Welcome to Queen Beauty Podcast. The self-care kickback with Quandris and Elise. Two best friends from the East. Finding new ways to live with peace. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Queen Beauty Podcast. This is your host, Quan, and with me, of course, as always, Elise, a.k.a. E-Most. <laughs> because she loves doing the most. <laughs> it is episode three. Yay! We Yay. are back. It's episode three. I can't even believe it. This is so cool. I'm excited about this episode. This episode, we are going to be discussing black hair is queen beauty <laughs> right i mean so it makes sense that the topic's gonna come up <laughs> it's gonna happen so black hair is queen <laughs> black hair is queen so discussing the beauty and the versatility of black women hair is dope it's so i'm so excited to talk about it because <laughs> It, the topic doesn't need a lot of research. This is a topic that is a part of us. It's like saying it's a family member. Um, we're going to be talking about the current and the past issues, a little history of why hair is, is seen as a family member to us and to Black women all over the world, and just discussing it within the Black community and outside of the Black community. I think this topic, it goes so deep. And we, we, we might have to have a, a part two to it because that's how amazingly diverse Black hair care is. And yes. We've seen Black women hair care displayed in mainstream movies through School Days with Spike Lee. Oh, that was such an amazing movie. It just took me back. Good of the hair. I don't, did you ever see the movie? Do you remember? Yes, that? I've seen it twice. I love that song was like one of the best songs in the whole movie. And it was a rendition of um, just the whole idea of you had what looked like the lighter skin sorority going mm -hmm. up against the darker skin sorority. And the lighter skin sorority had long, what looked like thin, more Europeanized type of hair. Yeah. And the darker, uh, the dark skinned sisters had more like um, shorter hair, natural hair, more kinky hair and hairstyles. And so the whole idea was to highlight and show how seriously this idea of good versus bad hair was. Which is, ins which is insane to me. It's insane because we've seen that melanin is not a, a foreshadowing of what kind of hair you're going to have. However, the way that it's highlighted back in the 80s, because I believe right. it came out in the 80s. I think so. Yeah. I, the way that it's highlighted, creating a struggle, but it was doing it on a cool level because it's there is that thing where you have the light versus the dark pe black people. Mm -hmm. And then there's things about the overly kinky versus the overly curly hair mm -hmm. and those internal conflicts that we have and so it he did a really good job of highlighting those things because some of the sometimes those things need to be highlighted so that they can be talked about yes reflected upon absolutely and just try to figure out how we can move forward and i think that we've done a great job of shining on what natural hair really is um i've never seen so much natural hair that I've seen right now. Oh yeah, you're have. right. 
You're um, right. Chris Rock did another uh, production. He did a documentary right. called Good Hair, and Which that was, was in great, the nineties. Was a great documentary. Was that in the nineties? That what? Um, it might have been the two thousands. I think I remember having you might be about right. that in college. <laughs> you might be right. Let me see what Good Hair movie came out. <laughs> ah, I gotta look it up because I re- I remember. Um, it was in two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was a great it documentary. Was, it was very interesting because they went through um, the idea of putting perm in a child's hair at a very young age. I'm talking about three, four-year-olds getting perms in their hair to make them look quote-unquote beautiful. Like that's something that's needed at that age. Um, and Or at any age, really. You just... It was just it was just really deep. They talked about where the hair that we are purchasing is coming from, where the products are coming right. from. They touch on the black economics or lack thereof within the black hair care industry. He went in great detail. He I mean, went in detail that, about what's considered socially two. acceptable. Yeah, uh, what's desirable? Yes. Uh, what's on mainstream as desirable? Something to check out. Like if you hadn't yeah. if you haven't watched those two uh, movies, if, even if you just uh, Google the song on School Days with Spike Lee because it's just so awesome. And you have to, I mean, you could watch the movie. It was really cool, too. It talked about yes. a lot of things for the college experience. Um, but I think that if you check out that that Chris Rock School uh, Good Hair movie, it completely uh, grasps everything that we're going to talk about here today in a deep, deep level. So awesome. <laughs> that sets the tone off. Right. There you go. For starters, I think it's best that we kind of share our own personal journey when it comes to hair, because like you said, it's a topic that runs deep, the well runs deep, (laughs) okay? And Mm -hmm. every single person that I know, um, Black woman, of course, they have a, you know, a, a story. They have a story. They have some memories, some good memories, some not so good, right? All you know, circling around the idea of hair, black hair, you know. Uh, And so that being said, I think it's a good idea for us to kind of talk about, you know, what it was like for us coming up as black women uh, in the black experience with black hair. (laughs) So you go first and you just kind of share, you know, your beginnings, your, you know, your childhood experience in a brief way, and then um, kind of going ahead. Because I know our journeys, they, they start different, but they kind of end up, you know, the same. We meet, we meet somewhere in the middle there, right? Yeah. So, but the beginnings are different. So you go on ahead and take it away. I sure will. I absolutely was mortified in elementary school when I realized that all of my Black friends in this predominantly black neighborhood was getting perms and I wasn't allowed to. (laughs) My mother was an advocate, still is an advocate for natural hair. Mm -hmm. So understanding that hair in our household, I was always told your hair is beautiful as is. A natural hair texture is probably like, I want to say a 4B maybe. Uh, and we'll get into that a little later, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's kinky. Um, it's got a little bit of curl, but it's more of a puff and it's a cottony texture. I love it. It's super soft fifth or sixth grade. And that's when I really was begging my mom to have a perm because all of my peers growing up had perms 
and well, they were getting it around that time, and it was making their hair super straight. And when was it around? What what grade? Around fifth grade, sixth around grade. Fifth I was grade. begging. Fifth, sixth. Yeah. fifth grade, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the reason why is because growing up, every time it was a big holiday, or um, I would go to my grandma's house and go to church, we that it would be a thing to get in the hot comb and press your hair out so it could be straight. Mm -hmm. But if the sun hit it the right way, it would puff back up. Right. And with having a perm, if the sun hit it that way, it was still straight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because the humidity didn't allow the hair tech, your curl pattern to pop back up. And, and sometimes within the black community, especially if you're young and all you're seeing is European standards surrounding your, your brain, you mm -hmm. start to think like, you know, this is what I want. I want, I want my hair straight. So I went through that phase and I literally went to that phase for maybe three years because my mom let me get a perm going in the seventh grade. And I had a perm from seventh grade to the middle of ninth grade when I noticed that I loved it. I loved that it was straight, but um, oh, so you actually did have a perm. I don't know how I'm, I think, I, I don't know. I just kind of <laughs> missed. I, I remember the stories of not being able to get the perm, right? Oh yeah. Um, so, but you actually did for a couple of oh, years. Oh yeah. Oh, I had one for three years, but oh, wow. there were things that about the perm life that was unsustainable for mm. me. That was the smell and the burning. I would mm -hmm. like, Ooh, going burning. crazy in my mind if I had to scratch my hair right before I had a hair put mm -hmm. to get a new uh, perm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to have to do this. And then the other part, which was the most important part, was the fact of my hair falling out. Uh, it was getting shorter mm -hmm. and shorter or with shred. And I know, you know, everybody has a journey that's different with, with having a relaxer. And I keep calling it a perm, but it's really a relaxer because it relaxes it's, the, right? Or what is it? Oh, okay. I, 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 go by creamy, I go by creamy crack, but it's okay. We can all use we it. Go, we you know, know what we mean. <laughs> interchangeably. It's interchangeable. It's the same thing. It's a relaxer. So we're going to call it whatever we want to call it as we go through. <laughs> Just for me. It's totally an ADD moment. <laughs> I had to put it there. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I use all of them too. But go on. I'll okay. get into so that. So my last phase. And so so I had the child. So we're getting into my childhood phase. So what the natural hair, the yearning for the creamy crack, mm -hmm. the relaxer. And then in high school, it was the finding of um, cornrows and microbraids discovering that just because I did hair um, and I still do hair, natural hair care, and I had clients and I was always trying to figure out ways to do their hair. And I played a lot of sports. And I, I noticed that having dealing with my hair is just too much sometimes to be active as I wanted to be within all the sports and then trying to be as versatile as going into shifting gears and being in school and going to church and having all these things right. in performance mode, right? Mm -hmm. And still wanting to have my hair look good. So braids was something I fell in love with, first of all, because Motada is on Netflix right now. The fact that she was one of one of my idols growing up, Brandy mm -hmm. Norwood, because she wore braids and they looked really beautiful. And I remember wanting box braids. I remember wanting my hair to look like Brandy's because she mm -hmm. had a TV show and a hit 
songs, album, you know, all of the things that a young black girl who's impressionable is going to be like excited about. So right. yeah. And you could work out and you could be in church in the choir and no one's saying, Oh, your hair, your hair need to be done. It needs right. it looks unkempt mm-hmm. or whatever. Cause mm-hmm. those are the things you hear. So Quandris, why don't you take it away about your personal journey as that was mine (laughs) okay um I really from the beginning it was different um for me because I had four sisters right uh but it was interesting because me and all of my sisters same mom same dad we all have very different hair so um we one of my sisters had very very thin hair um and uh everybody's hair was probably like shoulder at their shoulders or a little bit longer but like the texture of it that the curl pattern was a little bit different from thin to thick Mm -hmm. um and mine was i think what's what's the course was it four uh four c four c mine's was four g (laughs) (laughs) so mine's was thicker than thick and um it was just, a, it was always an interesting experience because um, my mom always did my hair. My mom always talked me up, like, your hair is so, so thick. Oh, if I had this thick hair and it's jet black, I love it. I love, love, love it. And she was like my personal, like, hype queen for my yes. hair. And um, it was important because I had, um, at the same time, while she was giving me all that love for my hair, I had relatives when it was, when it was, uh, you know, my mom, I wish she could have been there at every single moment to do my hair, but sometimes she wasn't. And that's when it went down, <laughs> like mm-hmm. in a literal sense. Um, it's surprising that the types of things that people say to little kids, but I've, I've heard a lot of things, you know, your hair is just too bad. I can't, I don't even want to do it. Like I've heard, you know, people say, I don't even want to do your hair. Cause I just, I just can't like, because my hair was so thick, you know, breaking the combs. I, I done went through some combs now <laughs> because I don't know, because we all had different texture hair. Like my sisters could use the combs that had the smaller teeth that were closer together. And I don't think that for my texture hair, I should have even been using a comb except to part. And it should probably should have been separated with your fingers first. And then with the moisture, we ain't, we ain't know none of that. So I was just getting my hair ripped through when anyone other than my Raise mom Raise your hand if you've ever been personally victimized by the comb pop. <laughs> by the comb pop wait we're getting the the pop of the back of the brush type of popping or like the pop when when you hear the comb piece snap off and then it pops and kind of folks you in Ooh, that's a whole nother pop that's a whole nother pop it's <laughs> so embarrassing and i don't know why because you shouldn't be embarrassed the person who decided to use that little comb should be embarrassed not you don't take right. it on um so I started out obviously you know natural with that hair and and then I went through um I didn't get a perm like you said probably not until middle school um I I believe it was in the sixth grade um but before that it was press and curl yeah Uh, I've so many stories of my mom hyping me up with them curls (laughs) and it was always like it was kind of weird like the first day because it was super tight and super like close on your forehead like the bang curl and then it eventually it will look nice maybe like the next day as it falls down um so uh I went through that with the pressing curl and it it was so scary um because my mom smoked cigarettes and like and she would I don't know how she managed the whole like the cigarette coming over here and then like the hot combing in his teeth 
I was scared. I'm sorry. We need to pause really, really quickly because okay. it's already scary enough to have somebody have that magic blue grease next to your scalp with the popping sound and a hot comb, but to have the added feature of a cigarette on top. No. And then it was like, I hate cigarettes. And I always was trying to uh, ask my mom to quit. And, you know, anybody who I'm around, I try to, like, <laughs> have the talk of that with them. And I like the smell. So it's just like, oh, it was just that added visual. stress. It was, and it took so long because you had to get your hair washed. You had to get your hair conditioned. You had right. to get your hair blow dried. Heaven forbid you had braids or something before they even started because you had to get that taken out before you did any of these things. And then you had to get your hair pressed with the hot comb and the grease <laughs> and the cigarette. Um, and so, and it only became more and more dangerous because I don't remember, like my mom wasn't an advocate for natural hair either way. She just wanted us to be happy with what we had. Like she mm -hmm. just, she just wanted us to know how to do our own hair. And it was a big push. She had a lot of different things for us to try and um different rollers different hair greases setting lotions all types of just we actually had the dryer from the hairdresser which now i get because she had four girls <laughs> right. so she had the dryer from the hairdresser that you sit under like we used to always experiment with our hair um but it wasn't until the sixth grade that I, I did get a perm. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that's done everyone around, you know, in, around that age had perms. Um, and it was also around the time of like finger waves. Do you remember the finger waves? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wait, you have finger waves? Because they were never in style when I was growing up. <laughs> they were in style. We're not that. Now, we only have like two years between well, us. Well, they were in style, but not for like me but not for you because that's a big difference because you would have been like what fourth grade or something like that oh, versus yeah. like a middle school kid middle school. that's true. so um so finger waves were in and um my sisters definitely i'm the youngest of everyone so they definitely had them and they only had them because they were learning to do them themselves mm -hmm. um not at the hairdresser we didn't go to hairdresser again four of us single mom we're not all going to the hairdresser we're going to figure this thing out in-house and so uh, my oldest sister would uh do our hair in the finger wave she got really good at it but it were it looked better if you had a perm right it's, all that yeah. gel the gel i've never thought about doing finger waves on natural non-permed hair right and you shouldn't as you should not <laughs> it will take all, all of the gel and the whole container and it's still gonna be a mess on them edges if i must say finger waves are what we call laid edges today yeah they are they are and I <laughs> but never, they're just on most of your hair right 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 and with natural hair and trying to get some edges laid down it, it's a challenge it could be done but it is a challenge so <laughs> she did my hair and then I, I ended up with the perm um that we did at home mm -hmm. and and that's where the part where I said it just got scarier because no one stopped smoking the cigarettes were still there so now it's the actual chemical <laughs> oh my and it was burning and I'm oh looking at the cigarette and I'm like please don't let no wind blow and the ash flicker I'm just done for the chemical combustion right no. <laughs> I used to always picture myself blowing up every time and so like vividly remember Terrible. yes mm -hmm. so when we were doing the perms ourselves it was interesting because I think you're supposed to I don't think you're supposed to do them that close in between I can't remember maybe like six to eight weeks eight twelve I don't know something like that mm -hmm. when we started doing them ourselves and 
girl, I remember vividly putting my hair in a perm in my hair and then doing it again the next week with a whole <laughs> new perm. What? I don't know how my hair didn't fall straight out, but again, 4G hair. So it was pretty sturdy. <laughs> um, and it just, for whatever reason, at the time did not fall out. But um, I went through the, I did go through the air eventually after doing that of um, the split ends and that nightmare and um, getting in the pool if you didn't have a perm in a while. And so uh, your roots are super thick. <laughs> your ends are super straight. Oh, gosh. So those little type of embarrassing <laughs> moments. And then I went to the box braids, which again, my mom knew how to do. Um, and then my sisters, and then I learned, we all, uh, you know, a couple of my sisters learned how uh, to do hair. And uh, that went through high school until them ponytails came in style. Had the good hair ponytail. Let me, don't forget the Aaliyah swoop, the era of the Aaliyah. Oh, yeah. You know, the part on the side. The part. You can't <laughs> go wrong that. with the part. Right. And then it led, it led me down the road of college where I thought I had natural hair. Oh, we had a whole debate perm. about that. Yeah, I didn't perm my hair for like a month, so I thought it was <laughs> natural, <laughs> and um, I just like skipped a perm session, and um, and then I started getting those micros, and then I started doing twists, which eventually kind of led me down the road of being natural and giving like the, the cut, trimming the ends, cutting off the perm, mm-hmm. and because you can't grow, necessarily grow a perm out, you have to trim your, your hair to get that out, you, you have to cut it, there's no way, there's no way around it. Um, and you know, which led me and both of us really to locks eventually, um, which I love. I would, I I wish I would have started earlier since sliced bread, (laughs) literally. That's where I am today. And I wouldn't change that at all. Not at all. I love them. I cut them, I cut them into different little styles every now and again. I, you know, sometimes I do color them. Um, but Every time I think about cutting it, I think about the time I spend in the mirror. Um, I think about that that 4G that I unfortunately never really felt like I knew how to manage um, <laughs> in today's society, I should say. And uh, and so it just it gives me anxiety thinking about cutting my hair off, honestly. So I'm I'm gonna stick with my locks. I'm gonna ride it out. I, I am can't wait a lock to turn gray. Right. I'm a lock lifer. I can't wait to, I've seen this beautiful picture of this lady with all of these gray locks, so, you know, um, an older lady. And I can't wait until down, down the road when I have all gray. How beautiful. Yes. How beautiful. So um, that's our journey. That's which, awesome. <laughs> um, I know you didn't mention it, but we definitely started our locks the same time in college. Yes, right? we did. <laughs> yes, we did. After going through our own personal vices, where are we going to do it? Are we not? Locks are so permanent. Until your niece got them, right? Yes. So this was How March was seven years old. She was old. seven and bold Amazing. and brave. And I was like, but wait, we keep taking these twists off every, twist out every three to four weeks. We would twist our hair. It'd take twist. about two strand twist our hair, mm-hmm. take them out. And my seven-year-old at the time, niece, was like, or if you cut it off, it'll just grow back. It's just hair. And when she said that to me, like, uh, I was like, oh, <laughs> who would have thought? Right. Right. <laughs> and we just went for it. And, and I was just like, it was dope. And it was good to have a partner to yes. kind of go through that with. 
um, because of the whole um, us getting used to having short hair, which wasn't the, the thing to do. It seems like it's very rarely is. People, ugh, it's just ridiculous. But that's the common theme, right, With that yeah. I, I hear. You either, and then there's different um, levels to that spectrum from short and long hair and even with hair types in general. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to discuss hair types. Hair types come with black women from a very curly pattern to a very mm-hmm. kinky, curly, tight curl pattern. Um, and that makes us special. They always say black comes in different flavors and mm-hmm. from melanin complexions. And that same thing runs so true with hair types. And, and mm-hmm. your melanin doesn't match your hair type. And that is something that is amazing. It is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you so say it like amazing. that, it is. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing because you could see someone with the curliest, curliest of patterns. And you're like, oh, my God, you can do so many things. But then there's so many things that they may want to do that they can't do because it's the curliest, the curliest of patterns. Right. And then vice versa. There's the ones with the very tight curl pattern who may want to do the things that the curly pattern people do. And then there's the in-betweeners who they may do a wet and go. Like if they just wash their hair and blow dry it, it's a whole natural like a loose curl. If they wet and go and put a little product on it, it gives that loose curl that you talked about Mm -hmm. and and if you and so that's why hair products I will say from experience it is a trial by error thing Mm -hmm. your hair pat your hair texture is so true and personal to you that you may you may discover something that works for you that doesn't work for someone whose hair texture or hair type is just a little bit different and that journey has to be done by yourself you can definitely get guidance um when you're talking about ways to um, moisturize or but it's a slippery slope is it really is the oh, best yeah. thing i think to say to someone it is trial and error yeah. and unless it's someone who if they know what a curl pattern is and they know what the difference between 3a and 4c is then they might be able to then recommend a product based off right. of if they know that part, right? right but right. I've definitely been caught up in social media. I'm in like a lot of natural hair care groups, hair for little girls, all of those different types of things. And it is a rabbit hole. It oh. is a rabbit. When soon as someone says, hey, everyone, I need to find my daughter's hair is dry. What can I do? Because even because moisture matters, let's just say that, right? Do not try to comb anybody's hair without putting some type of something in it first, okay? Right. <laughs> and so, but the thing that you put in it will be different depending on the curl pattern and depending Absolutely. on that 3A versus 4C hair because 4C is going to need something a little bit different than, um, you know, a 3A. And so, so speaking of getting advice from other people and um, trying to figure out what to do with your hair, we have to mention little black girls and their hair, right? Mm, and yes. just these global type of events across generations. It's probably, you know, different generations have similar things that happen, but I know for us, there were just some tried and true moments that we knew it was going to be a thing. Like it was a special moment. We were going to have a special hairstyle, you know, (laughs) your crown was going to shine on that day. I will tell you first and foremost, picture day. Oh, picture day. (laughs) What? 
Let's talk about picture day. I remember being up all night the night before picture day. My mom working on my hair, doing some new tricks. Right, right. right. For this picture, one year she added hair. Another year was I had a bang in the front and a bang in the back. My family laughs at me because I, when your hair is out in the back, I call it a bang in the back. Right, right, right. That's that was my that was my jam. Bang in the front, bang in the back. Even with with, with locks, it's like I want it up at the top and down in the back. I still you got still that bang that. in the back. I still do that. <laughs> the bang in the back. Yes. Yeah, so, what was your highlighted? little girl moment for your hair it was definitely easter sundays and Mm -hmm. the interesting thing about easter was it was you know it was the outfit right the shoes maybe a purse (laughs) and then um and then it was your hair and your hair had to be done the night before because it was done two days before for sure it would be messed up by easter sunday so it was the same thing whereas the night before you have to get your hair done um, the whole Shabil, take out the yes. braids, take out the whatever you had going on before, get it washed, conditioned, food, all of those things. Um, and then you get your hair done. The difference about Easter though was, and maybe it was the same with picture day, like you didn't have control over the hairstyle. You might be able to give a little bit of input, control. maybe. Like as far as like what kind of hairstyle you wanted. Mm-mm. Right. Nope. And it was like, we'll see what happens. I don't remember having a conversation with my mom about what style I wanted. Mm. I just remember when I decided I was doing my hair going forward. Oh, <laughs> because that's when you get a choice. <laughs> that's when I get a choice. It's really important to teach these, these kids, honestly, yes. how to do their own hair. Because I remember having those moments, but I feel like, granted, I'm not a parent, but a lot of youth that I see they really don't know how to do their own hair or or even the fact that as an adult personally there's so many women who are my peers or older than me who don't know how to do their own hair or style Mm -hmm. their own hair um, because they're so used to sitting in the salon for the majority of their life but a lot of people I think it's just a lack of not understanding how to deal with their curl pattern because a lot of the things that we mentioned in our own personal journeys, like mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. growing up with the idea that your hair may be too short or too hard to manage because of its texture right. or the lack of knowledge on how to understand your hair. If your parents have a different curl pattern than you do, then the way that they grew up uh, mm. doing their hair is different. Because like you said, your melanin and your DNA don't specifically match your curl right. pattern because it's two genes coming together exactly and look at me and my sisters I had five yeah. sisters and we all have very different hair and I'm thinking about you know my daughters um and That's my deep. son they all have different types of hair yeah um and then but my but Paris she has it's very interesting she has two or three different types of curl patterns wow. on her one head so and it's it such a little cute I just think it's very important to teach people how to do their hair so when they are grown and we come into moments like what if you can't get your hair done what if you can't go to the hair salon right mm-hmm. so the next topic is about current conditions with hair care right because we kind of just talked about um in the last segment you know, teaching people how to do their own hair and just what happens if you don't have the opportunity to go to the shop for one reason or another. And here we are, 2020, COVID-19, everything is shut down. 
phone. <laughs> clank, clank. <laughs> and unfortunately, hair care and beauty is not an essential worker. So that is where we see ourselves with yep. trying to figure out ways to do our own hair even more. Um, or that a lot of people had the same braids or her weaves <laughs> in their for hair a minute, right? for right? a because while. We, we thought it was only going to last a couple of weeks. So it's like, just, just going to ride this out. <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> um, I think that it's just like, it's cool to kind of see people now getting that urge. Like this is definitely a moment of creativity and yes. to make things work. Um, on your own and hair for black women is definitely one of them you got all of these um you know YouTube. pinterest i love pinterest oh. i found i have a whole board for natural hair for adults and then little girl hairstyles so i'm trying to get ready for pairs <laughs> honestly it's it's awesome youtube i've learned so much even oh, with yeah. me just getting back into wanting to do hair again going to youtube was my savior to figure out what style any style i want to do i would just look at it see who's doing it how-to videos as long as right. they didn't have a 10-minute intro on who they were mm-hmm. the subscribe button I, okay i was gonna watch it but uh, <laughs> i recently did it to see how to uh uh what was i trying to trim ends like do you trim oh, ends yeah. on on ba- on little kids like babies you know <laughs> i thought that <laughs> or, was a little od though I, thought that I don't was know because in certain cultures it just depends on your culture right okay and in certain cultures they definitely um after the baby is just a couple months they cut all of the baby's hair off and oh, really the started new yeah and they cut their their little one's hair off like they just completely cut it off when they're i believe it was three months three months old wow and then they and then they, and they begin to grow again and i don't remember the rationale for it um but and, um, so okay. I wasn't cutting her hair off, I but you. I was, we, I was having a conversation about, um, healthy hair and, um, and with hair, whether you're natural or not, you have to keep it moisturized in both situations and split ends is real in both situations. And just because you're young doesn't mean you don't get split ends. <laughs> so right. I'm just trying to make sure. And it actually had a little tutorial on YouTube to show you how to do it by putting it in like a two-string twist. YouTube University. It was like so easy. I didn't cut her loose here. It was like put it in a little two-strand twist. And if you Mm -hmm. see the long strayaways, then you just Mm -hmm. make those off. Bada bing, bada boom. So I thought it was really cool. I remember you doing an event before um, to also help little girls, no less, do hair. Girls on the Run, which is my favorite nonprofit. Me too. Uh, I think it's one of my favorites. For amazing. sure. Amazing. The self image sure. that they they infuse into exercise for little girls between the grades of third to eighth grade. Um, mm-hmm. So, what are those ages? About nine to 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Roughly. roughly. I mean, their program is amazing. And we had setbacks in COVID 19 when we were prepping for our spring 5k event because I do help out uh, with the planning committee for the 5ks that they host in the Atlanta chapter and while we were planning girls on the run on 5k day there's happy hair and happy hair is like a huge area where the little girls will get uh, glitter and all types of just paint and stuff all over their hair and so Mm. it was kind of a cool scenario having the um 
virtual event this year for the spring 5k mm -hmm. um, we did do the spring 5k in april uh, we were in quarantine at the time which we still are in quarantine um, but what i was able to do was host a hair tutorial session which was the happy hair segment and i gave little girls different things that they can do to their hair by using accessories uh, right. such as beads and little mm. trinkets and mm -hmm. um, using hairpin and bobby pins to put on under on the beads and mm -hmm. they can just sit it in their hair i did a right. braiding tutorial um, they can you know take ownership while they're in the house this is probably the best the time, time to, to learn. learn how mm -hmm. to ex do your hair explore your hair the pressures right. yeah and i have to be mm -hmm. under the pressures of we have to be in school your hair can't look like this or this whatever right. standard is that right. that people are who are these people are putting on us or <laughs> or just the idea of not many black moms are going to let their little girls dye their hair you know pink and purple to match the theme of blah, 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 blah. like regardless <laughs> of what it is we not or spray paint or you know right glitter right. glitter you come home as a little kid with some spray paint and glitter without your mom knowing it is going to be a problem okay yeah um, so and i love were, the yeah. idea of using beads colorful beads the strings oh my gosh there's so many beautiful things happening when it comes to that, like, and there's a lot of TV shows that highlight that. I know one of the shows that we, uh, that we actually did a real good talk on was Insecure, and they had the most amazing hairstyles. Oh, um, beautiful. Beautiful hairstyles that, um, some natural, some not natural, but the whole idea that there was just so much that you could do, even if it's natural, because we, we've seen, and I feel like we are pretty well versed on what you can do when it's not natural. Um, but as a little girl having that natural hair, um, and seeing all little gold links you can put in it and, um, and the, the, the gold or the silver strings that you can just break it. it right. was just, so that was a dope, that was a dope event. Um, that's that cool. And mm -hmm. honestly, there's a, uh, black owned business called hair paint wax, which my friend Donietta, who started a recent blog, it's really cool. Cause it's infused in like health and beauty uh wellness and mm -hmm. she's always giving this hair tips or some mm. makeup tips so it's really fun to watch so she plugs hair paint wax all the time and it's washable but it's best works on the curly kinky and coily hair um okay textured hair i was actually thinking about using it and trying to put it on like one or two strands or a couple of locks, my locks see how it come out yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> yes yeah, but the one thing that is good about um like you were saying with the pressures is that a lot of people since they don't have those pressures like even with adults they don't have the pressures of going into the office and um yeah i guess we don't have to worry about the gym right now if you're going to run around your neighborhood you don't really no. you tie your hair up and go <laughs> i mean this hairstyle is my morning workout hairstyle it's in a high ponytail and the only drawback to the locks it, for me, because they're so long, which is so no one can be happy. Because right. now, because they're so <laughs> long, <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Right. But because it's long, I can't easily do burpees or jump up and down without it flat flying Falling in your face. Yeah, yeah. So I want to keep it in a bun, and then I have to wrap it around with the big band span three mm -hmm. times in order for it to stay and then some of the hair will fall out in the side and i'm pulling it up and i'm like 
you know, small I noises. I mine fall out. Like, you got that one or two that naturally falls. It's kind of cute. It's like a messy I know, mug. but when it's hitting your forehead and oh, you're doing yeah. burpees, you're like, what's <laughs> happening with me right now? Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> So now we're going to get into more of the history of black hair and, you know, um, where it kind of began and uh, where we are today. So I would be remiss to say that black hair began in America, right? That would be totally inappropriate. <laughs> A lot of times when they try to teach us about our history, it starts at slavery. We're not going to do that here. Um, you know, we had a lot of beautiful African hairstyles, right? Um, and we were coming from a lot of different countries when right. they stole us. So within those countries, one of the things that they did was they put their hair in different hairstyles, depending on the tribes you were in. And that kind of let people know where you were from. And you can see uh, that different styles um, are more prevalent in one or certain particular African uh, uh societies and then they're different in other ones somewhere hair beads there's all different types of things going on right and so when they enslaved africans and they were stripping away uh their language their spirituality and their uh everything a part of that were was their hair because they needed to break people they needed to uh, make them assimilate and forget about where they came from because if they thought about it too much then they would try to you know escape and uprise mm -hmm. against so um the black women were forced to change uh their hair and not put it in the styles that they were used to and accustomed to um in fact in the 1700s it was actually a law in louisiana for black uh women slaves to uh cover their hair and where we see now today it's just like a really dope thing of hair wraps and stuff and you see all the different designs people do and I love them I love them so much right. and I like I think I got a Pinterest board for that too <laughs> on hair wrapping I think I went to an event one of our friends had an event on different how to tie uh their their hair wraps up and do the different designs but it used to be a law that uh black people had to wear and cover their hair and that's where you uh you started seeing the hair scarves um pop up a lot because they didn't want their hair showing and so um, it was, you know, the law is no longer in place, but there are a lot of other systemic things that we do find in place yeah. where um, it is uh, written that, you know, you can't have locks, you can't have, um, you can't have your hair in an afro, right? It has to be uh, straight <laughs> and down, right? And you know, they don't make it in the rule that it has to be straight and down, but if you make it a rule that it can't be in locks or in afros well then what else are you going to do with it <laughs> right, right right i vividly so, remember when my mom was in um the military before she retired uh, i would have to cornrow her locks in order for her to be in compliance with uniform on drill weekends for her uh, and be, and that was because it was in the rule books that that those were not allowed um, specifically uh -huh. locks were not allowed. So that's something that we had to circumvent, like beat the right. system just to meet the American quote unquote standard. 
And that happens a lot of times. Yeah, or, or you can't have cornrows or you can't have right. whatever it is that is aesthetically African. Right. You can't you can't have it. Can't sit with us. Foreign <laughs> competition are out. Are out. Right? <laughs> so I'm really, really proud um, of the Crown Act that was passed in California. Um, it was a bill that was supported and I believe sponsored by Dove. Crown it means create a respectful and open workplace for natural hair. Um, this act was passed July of last year, so a little over a year in California specifically, and it prohibits discrimination based on hairstyle and hair texture. And the goal is for other states to pick it up. Um, New Jersey and New York provided similar bills in response to this bill being passed in California. Um, I did read that South Carolina has one in the works. Um, and those are the only ones that I read about that I know offhand. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that is, it's interesting to me and it, it creates in that uh, internal conflict, right, that I have, that we need laws to protect us as Black people. Um, we do. For, to protect how people treat us when we're people and we should right. be treated like a human anyway. But why, I mean, granted, we have a law and I'm happy that there there is a law in place and in I guess eventually places. in mm. some places and then eventually the law will change perception. But as we've seen with uh, the Civil Rights Act, it hasn't changed perception. It, I say all that to say, while I'm proud of the act, it does create um, an internal conflict with me of, Black women in Black hair care is is so intrinsically connected and well, the attacks against Black women hair care is a direct effect in why we're the leader in the industry um, when it comes to purchasing hair and beauty products, right? That's very true. And just to go back just a moment, because um, when we're talking about hair in the workplace, it's interesting because that particular act protects people in the workplace, but, and you said, and the California education, is it protecting them in schools as well, or is this just the workplace? Because I, because there are cases, it's just the workplace. So we still have some work to do, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think this is a part of the, like the call to action to figure out how to reach out to your local representatives, how to reach out to, because the only, because we do need protection. And, you know, if you ever look at some laws, there are some weird laws. Like if you ever just Google crazy laws, right? They have laws about the, the silliest things on earth, right? right? And it's just interesting because someone has to advocate for those laws, right? So if this is something that is near and dear to our hearts and it's something that affects us on a day in and day out basis, I think we should be more proactive and go out there and figure out how you can reach your local representative to get them understanding how important this thing is for you so that we can get some laws passed. If it has to start off locally, then that's fine. That's big because it started off, it started out locally in California and now it's a state law. So I think that that's important, not only in the, in the, um, at the workplace, but in the schools as well. So I think that is definitely something that we need to start with at home first, uh, making sure that we go to those local representatives and get some things passed and then start thinking on a bigger scale and how we can normalize ourselves. And and we're going to have to put it in in legal writing at this point because we are, we've tried other things already. But we need to get these into laws, right? So that people can have consequences 
when they treat us unfairly. Oh, absolutely. Being held accountable (laughs) is the reason why, you know, having these laws Mm -hmm. is mandatory. But the systemic problem when it comes to economics in Black hair care, um, and you touched on it uh, earlier, where we dominate it. You know, we we dominate the spending. (laughs) We We dominate the spending spending. level, right? So um, there's a study that came out in 2018, and I'll cite it in the notes where we spend 85% of our uh, of the total monies that are spent in hair care. We as in we, I mean, black people spend 85%. We take up 85% of the total of all monies going towards black hair care products. And um, which is roughly an estimated amount of $54.5 million. When I tell you the black dollar is powerful, it's because it is. (laughs) We got the money. (laughs) But I believe it only circulates for about six days within our own community. Within our own community. So we need to really do better because if we're only making up roughly 14% of the population, 13, 14% of the entire population, we should not be spending 85% of our money on hair care products. But it also goes- Black <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice, right? Right. Which there are uh, plenty. There are plenty there are. of black you know, black I Googled businesses. it because we have a whole push of buy black, right? And um I went I wanted to try to see how I could be, you know, a part of the change, you know, be the change. And I wanted to see what I could do that was within my reach to try to create that change and one of the things is obviously buying black but what are what are some of the things that we do on a regular basis and hair care is definitely at the top of the list right mm-hmm. so black owned businesses and there are several and i'm i'm proud to say that um you can find i know i just went to a target uh last weekend or the weekend before last they had a whole section that was right at the front of the store of black hair care products it wasn't just one. It wasn't just Shea Moisturizer, wow. right? Which mm-hmm. I, I, is that even Black-owned anymore? One of them. Is, I, I don't believe. I, know, I don't uh, think Carol Dorter is either, but I digress. They have Black people at the top on the board, but it is not Black-owned anymore. She sold the company. Another conversation for another day when we go into Black economics and Black-owned businesses. However, <laughs> at Target, they had a whole host <laughs> of Black-owned black hair care products i mean it was i was i was overjoyed because it was like eight different products eight different brands of products um all black owned and um they even had pictures of the owners on a display so you know how they have like the little sell sign 15 percent off and they got the price and whatnot they actually had a picture so you didn't have a question in your mind and i don't know if it was just this one target um that i was in in florida but mm-hmm. it was definitely um, a picture of the person who owned the company, currently owned the company, right there with the display of their products. Wow. And it was amazing. So I think that we can definitely do our part in just making sure that dollar you know, stretches within our community and taking that away because there's no reason for us to be spending 85% of... <laughs> Yeah. Um, we're going to, you know, we're going to share the black owned hair care brands that you can support Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. in our show notes. In the notes. Yep. Yeah. Well, as usual, this has been a blast. So let's just take a breath. <sighs> just have a moment 
of reflective thought. Self-image starts very young and it has an impact on our overall mental health. We have to understand that there are many different curl patterns and whether your curl pattern is tight or loose, whether it's yours or store brought, whether you spend five minutes or two plus hours or days, <laughs> you must love you first. That is the absolute truth. And and though we are not our hair, right? <laughs> our hair is a part of us. And it's never something that we should be ashamed of. We have to take action. We have to stand up for ourselves, especially within these institutions. And I think we should really start out with our economic institution by buying products from Black-owned businesses. I think that that's extremely important. I agree. Um, I, taking that action to even create your own products. You know, we're home now, uh, maybe doing some mixing research and trying to figure out what products you wanna make at home Absolutely. a little bit more. And also just not being ashamed of your hair, treating your hair like a real family member because it is an extension of you. You wouldn't exactly. talk bad to your family member. I mean, some people talk bad to your family member, but, <laughs> but you shouldn't. we shouldn't. <laughs> and you wanna focus on creating healthy relationships. And if you have a healthy relationship with your hair, that means you love on it. And just like they talk about plants, mm -hmm. you know, you're supposed to talk to them, you give to. it good, positive you energy. I think that you need to do that and bring that same old thing and energy to your hair. I like it. I like it a lot. I just want everybody to always remember to stand firm in the idea of loving yourself as you are and how you want to be. Well, that's all we have time for everybody. So thank you so much for joining us. If you have any questions or comments, please send it to queenbeautyselfcare at gmail.com. Check our show notes for information regarding Black-owned businesses and where to find them. And make sure you check us out on our next episode and spend some more time with our intimate conversations. Peace and love.